Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I've got 99 problems and my cackle isn't one. I may fart rainbows, but that doesn't mean this unicorn has a horn. (laughs) Guys, the first time farting has been the illustrious art of the fart. I cannot handle it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode two. Hundred and twenty-four. I don't actually really know, but I'm so excited by a new guest to the people's people's couch. You know her as a star. She's currently filming Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story Impeachment, where she's playing the part of someone you may know as uh, Madame Paula Jones. She is a Tony-winning actress. She currently stars on the hit CBS comedy Be Positive. She was also on Masters of Sex. I know her as the star of... (laughs) my floor in college when she was my <laughs> freshman year. All right. It is none other than Annalie Ashford. Annalie, how are you? Yay, I'm so happy I'm here. I love you. It's so good to see you. You look great, pal. I mean, you. thank you. I'm um very dolled up in my Bruce Springsteen hoodie and a little so fierce. This is my version. I told you this is my version of black tie. This is as dressy as I get for recordings. Otherwise, I am in a gorgeous Target robe. Nothing better. (laughs) Nothing better than COVID filming. I love it. Nothing softer. 
Nothing. nothing softer, nothing cozier. I feel like we have to be comfortable when we deep dive all things. Oh my God, you know, of housewives. course. It's like how you watch the show. You need to feel comfy, cozy, all things soft, ready to I, ready to focus. Yes, I believe in a safe space in many ways, including in the gorge. It's now, unfortunately, this hoodie used to be like, you know how hoodies usually start as like a thick, nice <laughs> material. It's so fucking thin. It's going to, God forbid it rests in peace in the next wash. Like I can't, I don't know what I would do without my Bruce Springsteen wrecking ball tour hoodie. I would not survive. You just keep wearing it and then you tell people it's vintage. Oh my God, I should. I mean, at a certain point, that won't be a lie. It will become <laughs> fact, which is like, so it's odd that we have still stayed spiritually mid-20s plus as others have grown older with time oh. we just stay we stay in our state yes hello in the magic state <laughs> wait so we have to tell the ags we are recording this it is like i'm in new york it is like dead of night in la time i cannot believe your dedication to the craft of real housewifery is like none other. My husband last night was last night was like, "Are you caught up? Are you ready to talk tomorrow morning?" Which is amazing because we we both watch. Um, I'm so happy that he has joined me in my uh, Bravo love. It's also, uh, you know, I got a four and a half year old, and oh my I was like, "Oh, he won't be awake. That'll be great." And sure enough, five minutes before we logged on, Mama, Mama, <laughs> oh, Mommy. Um, and we have like a crate, we've just like, you know, it's crazy because the world is coming back now and both my husband mm. and I are vaccinated. Jack is not. Um, mm. But obviously, because he's too little. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know if you feel this way. When things start to come back, I feel really overwhelmed. And I'm sure a lot mm. of people feel that way too. Like we've been seeing a lot of people that we love in our life that are vaccinated, but I, I, I can't, my schedule feels really overwhelming to me. And part of it's because we were able to sort of like, I was already busy during the pandemic because I was working. Yeah. Um, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, but there was, there was a really lack of, um, big lack of boundaries during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we are available now because everybody's available. Remember we went through that period and then we started mm-hmm. to create boundaries, but I feel like the pre uh, vaccine world is sort of still with us in terms of a work scenario. Like you're always available and you always got to make videos and you know, the content and the, you know, so that's still happening, but now we're coming back to life. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Are you tired? Have you been seeing a lot of people? I haven't. I've been really kind of nervous about it just yeah. because of like underlying condition stuff and just being terrified. I mean, there is a level of trauma that we have all experienced that has come out and shown itself in different ways. Like the idea of going for a walk felt dangerous for a while. You know, the idea of getting groceries delivered or picking them up and like, how do I touch this box of whatever? You know, like, is this going to harm me? I think that you know, trauma can come out in different ways, including our bodies, our souls, our minds. And when you bring in the professional expectations of that, it's a way that people can 
experience or communicate their own trauma is like trying to double down on things that they can do in a world in which so much has seemingly been taken away. And I think that there's going to be a little bit of a struggle as we, you know, as more and more people get vaccinated, we're both vaccinated, God bless. And as we start to figure out, okay, well, there are things I can now do and there are ways that I can ensure my safety as best I can. And then there are ways I need to protect myself differently. Like if someone is saying, okay, well, you're seemingly available. You have 19 things to do today. You have to figure out a way to continue to protect yourself. As we did against the virus, we need to figure out how to how to double down on protecting our spirits and souls. Absolutely. You know, it's like, it's practice and getting used to it. And, um, it's just, a, it's wild to just sort of like build up your social stamina again. You know what I mean? There's like a, in your spirit, you know, but we, on a positive note, we have felt I I really, when you talk about trauma, everybody had their own source of trauma. And sometimes because we both were in New York during the, Mm -hmm. the thick of the, during Mm -hmm. the peak when we really lived in the epicenter Mm -hmm. during the time when nobody knew anything about the virus. So Mm -hmm. I do feel like I carry, um, I carry some trauma from being in the city at that time and having like a child that we couldn't walk outside with. You know, I I remember telling people in LA, like, (sighs) I showed them a picture of me making a mask and it was such a big deal that I got fabric and then I had a sewing machine mm-hmm. and I was like, this is the first day we went outside. And they were like, that's the first day you went outside. And I was like, yeah, cause we live in an apartment building and I could go out. I could go outside for the family because I had an, I had a, um, an N95 mask and, mm-hmm. and people gave me dirty looks for having it, but we had had it before. I had bought it a long time before and had it for a plane ride when I was sick. And, um, that's how I got groceries and took groceries to another friend's. Mm. Like I had a friend who was going through chemo. We brought her her groceries and another friend who's, oh who had got COVID. We brought him groceries. And it was like, um, my little boy could not walk outside because we don't have an outdoor space. And we live on top of our neighbors and we lived on top of a bodega. So mm. just sort of explaining that to people in different parts of the country, like, Sometimes it would make me grouchy that they didn't understand that, but I have so much more compassion to, because they were experiencing their own type of trauma, even though they could go outside and like mm-hmm. sit out on their patio probably, or walk outside their front door and we couldn't, you know, everybody had their own trauma in that time. And that's, I'm trying to like be really loving towards that. And also like, just do a better job of planning my days. So that's why we're meeting at 7am. <laughs> I mean, I love that it's not my 7 a.m. It is my 10 a.m., which is a spiritual 7 a.m. Fabulous. Which I'm very into. I'm very into. Yeah, I think that there is a bond that unites New Yorkers, um, for especially for those of us who were here during the peak. Like the first, I think it was the first two months I didn't go outside. Like no. it was me, my beloved angel roommate, who, the love of my, the love of my life. Um, and we just kind of buckle down like she was able to go out and it was just it was a very very stressful time that has had waves of after effect and kind of like the aftershock of it all but I think it also lends itself a level of appreciation like there was a point when I started to go for walks where I was like wow this is it felt like the wild west like there was 
not it New York. It was wild. It was, was wild. Wild. And it felt it was like it was so surprising. It was surprising, honestly, because I was like, where am I? But now, I mean, listen, I go for my, I die for a long walk followed by a ferry because yes. I'm so far east. I'm like right by the um, Yorkville ferry stop. And I go for a long walk. I stop by my beloved Pippin Vintage. I try, I tried on an Emerald Diamond situation dinner ring the other day, shooting the shit, going for seeing my favorite shopkeepers, grabbing takeout from my favorite restaurants who are in it to win it. You know, one of my favorite vegan places was closed for several months, reopened, new menu, new pasta, new things. And it's, you know, you're just so grateful. I'm grateful to have these moments. And guys, I really, you know, recommend supporting your local businesses wherever you live. They need your support. And if they have survived this far trust me when I say please if you can double down because they're all um you know we're still supporting we still even though we've been in LA for almost a year now we still support our favorite local businesses um on our favorite Mm. strip in well on our in our old neighborhood in Brooklyn just because we were there I mean I remember drinking so much on a Sunday afternoon when when bars started Mm. like selling cocktails at their windows Mm-hmm. I, I drank like 10 cocktails and I didn't drink them all. I like was like drinking by the time after, after my third cocktail, I looked at Joe and was like, I'm wasted. I'm just going to drink half. And then just, cause just to buy them from people, you know, cause we were going through that phase, oh, I love that. which was also I like so communal. There was such a um, spirit of community and there always is mm-hmm. in New York. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even though we all act like we don't care about each other and we're fierce mm-hmm. and no, when something happens, we are so communal. It's like really magical. I do have to say, so we both went to school for a musical theater performance here in New York City. And I went to my first post-COVID, even though we're still in it, show at the Armory I last saw week. That, I saw your post about it. It looked, I loved everything you posted about it. I felt all the feels with you. Oh my God. I cried. I had the shivers walking into the space and you can see it on my social blah, blah, blah. It's saved on a thing. It saved on a thing um, on my Instagram, but you can, to know, to feel safe, the Park Avenue Armory here in New York on the Upper East Side did everything they possibly could. It felt so safe, so protect, so well organized. Oh, a hundred audience members, all of whom were vaccinated and or tested on site socially distanced, this unbelievable performance uh, choreographed by Bill T. Jones, who many people know as a unbelievable choreographer, including of Spring Awakening. And it was like, I cried the second I walked into the actual space itself until the end. And it was embarrassing because I was like, thank God I'm fucking wearing a mask right now because I'm like sobbing, just sobbing the entire time. But it was a relief. It was great. Yeah, for sure. That's so magical and exciting. And those are the moments when you're like, whoa, those are the moments where you feel the impact of the trauma. Oh, totally. I also remember um, when the news was announced that, you know, your production of Sunday in the Park was coming to London. I literally texted, I think I texted a friend of ours and was like, okay, I'm going to London because I, I have like fallen in love with Paris. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm thinking about going back for a while post COVID-ish next year. And I genuinely was like, I'm going to go to fucking Europe and be like, hop on a goddamn train and see Annalie. And I just, the idea of seeing you in a show (laughs) 
the next time I see you in a show, I'm going to be fucking sobbing. I love you. Sobbing. I will be too. Uh, it's, that feels crazy to me. Like, oh my God, you know, I don't know. You know, it's, I just pray that everything goes well so that, so that everybody gets to just come back to their theater, theatrical spaces. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen soon. And it's, it's, it's already starting to happen. There are plans already in place and it's very exciting for those of us who, um, know that live theater and the arts are the absolute core of New York. And, um, you know, for so many of us, our ability to feel and find joy. So that's, uh, fantastic. But in the meantime, we have other ways to have an outlet and experience the love. And I cannot tell you, first off, if you guys haven't seen Annalise's episode of Watch What Happens, where she's wearing a fucking vintage Cardinals jersey, <laughs> I mean, that is the sign of a dedicated, when you know that the attire can connect to Sir Andrew Cohen's love of the Cardinals and all things St. Louis, that is the sign of a dedicated Bravo fan. So I have to ask you, when did your Bravo-holic journey begin? I was watching The Housewives Orange County, like the the early years, like I, I've always been a reality TV person. It's always been like a really nice way for me to like unplug my brain. I, you know, I love good TV, but sometimes when I watch scripted um, narrative, I Mm -hmm. sometimes like, uh, it's a lot to think about and process. I'm wondering why I like it, why I like Mm -hmm. that choice why I like the director. What And sometimes I just like to numb out. And I mm-hmm. feel like I really can do that with reality TV. So I used to watch um, all the MTV shows. Like I was really into Teen Mom. And oh. I was really into, um, I was really into all the, um, like, I love New York. And, uh, yes. um, oh my God, what are the, you know, all those big, Dating shows they had on VH1, I was obsessed with. I watched them all. So, and I, I realized too, I, I was doing Wicked at the time on, mm. on the Broadway, like Legally Blonde and Wicked when I was doing them on Broadway, I realized when I would come home, it was when you could first start DVRing things and I could DVR my favorite reality shows and I always DVRed my Bravo shows. And mm. I really loved like numbing out on Housewives. And then the Housewives, I remember watching right when, uh, watch what happened live would started I would watch mm-hmm. and Jenny was on a lot um Jenny Poulos yes love her and I was they don't I loved when she was on and I love that she do those raps and I thought it was so funny that they kept using her raps for the intro of the show and is <laughs> I've been a Bravo fan since the early early days and then when they started building on the franchises it was like so nice I would come home from you got to wind down after you've done a Broadway show. You got to mm. like kind of chill out when you get home. And it was a great way for me to like turn off my brain, wind down before I went to bed. Um, mm. So it was like kind of my ritual. And our, my husband would make fun of me at the time we were dating. I can't believe you watched this. Wah, wah, wah. And now he watches every single show with me. It's so oh funny. We were, were, we were a little bit behind like a couple mm-hmm. days ago. And last night I was like going to go to bed early. And he was like, oh, we still haven't watched Top Chef this week. We watch every show, every show. So anyways, that's how I became a Bravo um, fan. Big, big fan for years. 
do you watch every Housewives franchise? Are there uh, are there some that you kind of are like, I cannot commit to this in this scope. I need to just kind of put a pin in X, Y, yes. city. Sometimes, too, it depended on where I was living in the world and how mm. I could get access to something or what was happening with my schedule. So, um, yeah, there's a couple there's a couple cities that I like. I'm, I'm like a little bit behind on. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'm a little bit behind on Potomac. Um, mm. Because some the, their first season, I was living somewhere where I didn't, I was in Toronto, I think, or something. Mm. And so I didn't like, you know, it's that first season, I think is so important. That's why Dallas was like, I mean, not Dallas, that's why uh, Salt Lake was so exciting this year. It was so nice to have a new city during the pandemic. Yes. And I felt personally like it was a success because like everything about it was like fascinating. I grew up in Colorado and Denver. So like, I'm really, really familiar with Mormon culture. And I felt like they did a great job of sort of exploring the complexity of living in a Mormon culture as a Mormon or a former Mormon. There's so many like dynamics to that that are really fascinating. Mm -hmm. I personally think. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyways, yeah, that was, that's, I would say I'm the most current always and like knowledgeable about New York and Orange County Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. were the OGs and Mm -hmm. I'm like I've been with them from the beginning like New York I can tell you about every single cast member that's ever been on (laughs) I love that is there a um spiritual housewife from any franchise who is not necessarily your favorite housewife but of of all of the franchises combined someone that you see yourself in or you learn from that person in the oh my god I would never do this thing but I sort of secretly love that they are is there someone that you feel yourself connected to doesn't have to be your favorite but just someone that you look at and you just feel that instinctive connection? Yeah, you know, there have been so many over the years. But mm-hmm. I think like, oh God, like I love Nini so much, especially those mm. those like first couple seasons with Nini. She was so, like there was something about Nini in those first couple seasons and always with Nini, but like before Nini knew she was famous and I feel mm-hmm. like Nini would kill me if she knew I was saying this. But um, <laughs> like she was so she was so so funny just mm. in regular life remember remember those scenes with her and um oh my god I'm blanking on his name he was Can't, like oh what's a fashion show without fashion nothing Dwight Dwight remember those scenes with her and Dwight where you'd be like these why is this this is the show that I am just like this could be a whole spinoff but anyways um Nini's so funny just naturally and has had such a challenging life and has just mm-hmm. flourished despite of it and found mm-hmm. love despite of it and took care of her her sweet boy all by herself despite of it there was mm-hmm. like I just I really like loved I always loved Nini Nini made me laugh so hard and then I've always had a soft spot for Teresa because of all the terrible things she's gone through but I also loved Caroline Manzo I was now see I'm going through this season and then and then um <laughs> New York I love it like I'll always love Bethany, even though, you know, she's such a hustler, but that's part of what I love about Bethany is like to talk about a hustle. And I love that she was so like emotionally impacted by the work that she was doing charitably. Like mm-hmm. I always appreciated that, you know, they all do crazy things sometimes. And even though, and even though Ramona, it, Joe does not agree with me, 
all the OGs, I always have like sort of like mm-hmm. a kinship. Yeah, even though Ramona's politics are totally not not no, thank you. And she's been a goofball when she fake cries. Oh, I can't help it. Better. Just some people I don't like actually connect with them. I just like really appreciate the television they're providing for me. But the person mm-hmm. that I think I've really connected with and who I feel like, like, who could I like be friends with? And like, who do I want to mm-hmm. go to lunch to is Leah. Really? I, Leah to me is like calling people out, but still being uh-huh. like open and available. And I really appreciate, here's why I feel this way about Leah. Tell me. She um, struggles with uh, addiction Mm -hmm. and she saw her behavior and experienced her behavior and she said, I'm going to get sober and it's counting days. And I just think that is beyond commendable in that environment, Mm -hmm. especially with the new, the group of New York women, Mm -hmm. because I think addiction has been a major, major issue for so many of these women. And I, I really, really support people when they are able to acknowledge it and also mm-hmm. commit to, to working on addiction in that space, because it's a place where like you, you are encouraged to drink, it's fun to drink and let's drink, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so anyways, binge, yeah. Binge drinking is big on New York more than yeah. I think any other franchise. And so the tension of you know, having been sober, which is different from not drinking. I mean, she was living a sober life for so many years. Working the steps. Decides, yeah, working the steps. I think we don't. Did she say that? Did she say? I, I think I think so. I think so. She is and, now. But, but yeah. yeah, she is now, you know, decides privately, pri- as she has said, prior to joining the show, she decides she wants to start drinking again, starts drinking again, again, a couple months before filming her first season films her fourth season participates in the binge drinking and everything associated with that when you're you know a New York specific housewife and then decides you know I'm not I don't feel comfortable doing this anymore I want to go back to uh the sober kind of life that I had but I'm still filming this show so I have changed my behavior the ways that I want to live specific to drinking but everyone else aside from Lou has not. There is a natural tension of that, which we don't really necessarily see discussed specific to Leah, but I do think it's a fascinating watch. I think it's so important. And I think it's so important that, you know, it's one thing to be like, I'm not drinking it. And it's another thing for her to be like, Lou, I think this is not helping you having this fake rosé. It's so important because... She and she's also like talking about her day count and mm-hmm. talking about. I just think it's awesome that she's talking about program because there's been people that mm-hmm. gotten sober, but I don't think they really talk about program that much. And like that is, I I am curious if she worked the program before when she was sober before or not. But mm-hmm. but what who cares? Doesn't matter. It's mm-hmm. like she is now, and I think that's really beautiful and important. And it's funny because I go, would we be best friends? I honestly don't know if there's anybody. Maybe you can think of somebody. I don't think there's ever been anybody on the housewives that I'm really like, mostly because I, you know who I'm more like, um, oh my God, I'm blanking on her name. Dallas, who's best friends with Brandy, blonde hair and her husband, Stephanie Holman. I'm more like Stephanie. I'm kind of like Stephanie. 
you know, like I don't, I have a really hard time having conflict with people. Mm. I cry really easily. It's a big Mm. deal for me to like confront somebody. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I, I'm who would I like want to go like hang out with probably like Leah because I think like we I love how she calls everybody out on their political Mm -hmm. like unawareness too Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she feels like the first person of our generation to be a housewife like Mm -hmm. but I like of our kind of the kind of people that that we went to college with and who are Mm -hmm. you know trying to make it in New York and make the world a better place and make and make sure their kids are socially like aware and progressive Mm and um but Stephanie I think is more I'm probably more like her in personality like I would not make good I think she's great in in on the show I love her Mm -hmm. but I but I think you have to have a peacemaker and somebody who doesn't like to stir the pot that's important and so she's that Mm -hmm. on the show and I think I would be that too I love that and I love the comparison to you know, Leah and also what we're watching play out on New York, even this past week, um, I have this thing called Satchels of Gold on Andy's Girls, which are listener thoughts and feels, questions, whatever, in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Kaloran Ben Simone's <laughs> triumphant, triumphant <laughs> turn on Scary Island. And I got a satchel from an AG, um, Heather, who had a really succinct way of sort of diagnosing what we watched on the most recent episode, which felt a little strategic, shall we say, of Leah introducing this conflict against Heather, someone she doesn't actually have any conflict against, but just sort of trying to introduce some kind of tension that came across as a bit too maybe like heavily constructed. And Heather said something that I thought was really interesting, which was Leah's afraid of not being entertaining sober. Like that could be a potentially a reason and attention for why, you know, she's going so hard on this Heather thing. There could be something in the back of her head that's thinking, okay, people fell in love with me last year because of me, but also because of my antics, the teach, the tiki torches, everything else, which happened when I was binge drinking. I'm no longer binge drinking. I still want to be someone who's bringing drama. Maybe Heather in her head, subconsciously, it doesn't necessarily need to be a conscious choice, so I think it was. Maybe in her head she was thinking, okay, this will be the thing. This will be the thing that I bring because I'm choosing to live a sober life. Do you not to- totally tell me to go fuck myself? Totally here's, disagree here's with how me. I feel. Tell me. I, tell me. I actually think like I think she's more organic than that. While I do think okay. so here's here's why. I think that Heather, that was super shady of Heather to do. And then she comes on the show and is like, Hey, yeah, I want to be on camera so I can get some, some, maybe some followers for my, for mm-hmm. my things that I'm trying to sell for my businesses. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. that'd be great. If Bravo can have me on for a couple more episodes, that'd be fantastic. Mean in the meantime, she talks so much shit. I, there's one thing that I do like about Leah is she holds people accountable. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. while, while yes, I hear you. I don't, I think Leah is so much cooler than that. Leah could be not interesting and do nothing this season. I still think that Mm -hmm. she would have grounds to come back because she's been interesting enough 
and she's there. I feel like they had to change the dynamic and she asked, she changed it sort of on accident. I don't think they Mm -hmm. meant for her to change the dynamic that much. And Mm -hmm. she really like turned it on its head. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I also feel like from a, from a person in program perspective, I'm not a person Mm -hmm. in program, but um, I'm a person who participates in Al-Anon and Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't, don't see that being her angle. I do see her being like, I didn't like this and her being and probably talking to the producers about like, why is that? Why is she coming? She's kind of can be such a dick. And they're like, you know, she did a podcast and did blah, blah, blah. And Leah was like, yeah, what the fuck's up with that? I don't see her being like, how Ramona? Yes. How can I be more relevant? How can I be more relevant? Sonia? Yes. How can I be more relevant? Luann? Mm -hmm. How can I be more relevant? Yes, yes, and yes. Leah, I think it's more like, what am I going to wear? Because I have access to this amazing designer who needs mm-hmm. a platform and needs somebody to see their work. And I love it. And um, I, I, I just, I don't think she's there yet. I don't think she'll ever be that kind of person. How about I guess I really love Leah a lot. I am so into this. Yeah. Asher. I am so into this. I'm super, I really respect her, her her journey with sobriety Mm -hmm. and I also like respect her mental health journey Mm -hmm. and the way that she started out that day and was Mm -hmm. like I feel fucking crazy because I have a really Mm -hmm. intense thing happening in my personal life so I'm gonna I'm 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 basically lashing out at people so Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be silent and part of me was like another housewife this would be a ploy to get attention to literally Mm -hmm. not talk but Mm -hmm. but also like part of getting airtime is you talking you know, right. So that was kind of yeah. fabulous. And then she was like, this is getting too hard. So I'm just going to drop it. And I've calmed down. The whole reason mm-hmm. she did it was to calm down. So she did it. And then that night, I really do think, yes, yeah, she planned on bringing it up, but she talked about it. But I also think she was authentically like disgruntled. Like you're going to talk all this shit and then act like nothing's wrong. You know, like if you, if you're going to talk shit about people on their podcast, on, a, on your podcast, Mm-hmm. and then you better get ready to back it up or or just help somebody have a problem with them that's sort of the whole thing is like about being transparent and showing and Heather showed up like yes hey mama <laughs> yeah and the way that she responded and yeah I just thought it was very strange I thought Heather's Heather's appearance kind of made me sad too I felt sad for her I was like I don't know it just felt a little off because I always kind of liked her but she's she's a hustler she like wanted to be Bethany. I always felt Heather did. I mean, she kind of was in a different industry. Yeah. I mean, in her own way. I mean, she had her hustle. She's an entrepreneur. I think that's why she connected with Josh so much yes. more than Kristen. It's like she understands yeah. she the way to do a hustle. She could business. Yeah, she woman. is. It was it the timing of this, like I wonder how that conversation happened. I do not in any way think that Heather was like, ding, 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 ding. Like, hello, Susan producer. I'd love to come back. I think that they approached her, but I wonder what her strategy and thinking was coming back. And if she, it it appeared to me that she did not in any way expect the environment that she walked into. Yeah. Which is interesting considering she knows these women and isn't necessarily in love with them. Which so what did public. she expect? Yeah, that was right. very strange to me. So that's also why, like, that's why I didn't 
feel like I hear you with most housewives. They'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so over this, like calculating. Mm-hmm. I'm going to show up with the thing. Mm-hmm. And but with Leah, it was sort of like, okay. Cause I felt like she was just being like, I'm calling you out on this. Like, what are, why are you here? If you hate mm-hmm. these people, mm-hmm. that's what it felt no, like. No, I think to me. you're, I think you're totally right. And there is something about the strategy behind performing deception or revenge that is seen on different franchises in totally different vibes. And what I loved about the Jersey reunion, for example, was the idea that Jen Aiden came into that reunion ready to bury Margaret or more likely fuck with her as much as she possibly she said that to the camera before the reunion started like I am here to fuck with Margaret Josephs and then so 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 gross but also she did it with such relish that Jennifer Aiden someone who I couldn't stand her first season I look at her and I'm like, I might disagree with you so much, but you are enjoying the fuck out of this. And there is a vibe on New Jersey of these women who can scream at each other. And then a couple minutes later, like Jackie is screaming at Teresa. And then a couple minutes later, she's like, I just want you to say that you didn't have any like grounds for this. And Teresa's like, yeah, no, duh. I, I, I didn't. I thought, have I not told you that? Like I 100% didn't. And then Jackie just takes a moment, steps back, and she's like, that's all I wanted. The fact that they can go from zero to a million and then find some sort of neutral sigh of relief around 50, you know, zero to 100, they find it around 50. It's kind of great high-energy TV. I came out of that reunion, and I was like, I am incredibly satisfied. I mean, we love Jersey. I forever. Like I watched the first season and had my jaw on the floor like the whole season. And also remember, it was like, didn't Teresa get her boobs that first season? Remember her Her body looks so different. Yeah, her bubbies. Her bubbies. Her bubbies. Um, But yeah, so I I felt it was like, it's so funny too, because Teresa does like the same thing she always does where she can't like cop up for anything. And then at Mm -hmm. some point she finally does. And Andy mm-hmm. has to like help her get there and help explain to her what she needs to do. You know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's, that's always like, like when I was on watch what happens live, I remember saying something funny about like, like the housewives is about sort of forgiveness. Like that's one of mm-hmm. the themes. And if you can't let things go and you can't forgive things with somebody and you can't figure out how to move on, then you're usually not going to come back. So like Hannah from summer house, when mm-hmm. I read that she was like leaving, I was not mm-hmm. surprised because she could not take accountability for any of her behavior. And she couldn't just be like, I'm sorry, let's move on. But when she did, it was very Ramona. It was very like performative and mm-hmm. like fake crying. Mm-hmm. And gosh, I'm really going there about, I really feel I comfortable. So into this. But do you know I what I mean? I kind of wanted to like hug this. her and be yeah. like, just take a deep breath and just like, have some accountability for some of the things you did. You can watch them back. That's always mm-hmm. so interesting when people watch something back and they don't see how they could be in the wrong. I think Dur- I loved Dorinda. I thought Dorinda mm-hmm. was so funny. I love Dorinda's fashion. Um, 
she's one of those people that's so, so quick witted off the top of her head. Mm. And I love how she kept people in check, but that last season, especially she had a really hard time just being like, you know, I was in the wrong here. And mm. she, and, and then she would say she was in the wrong and say she'd move on. And then she wouldn't, mm. and she'd keep bringing it back up. And, and especially at a reunion, if you can't like move on, it's been a while. It's that, I think that to me was why she didn't get asked back in my personal opinion. Cause I would have completely loved to see her, seen her in a, and, and also I think, um, people, the combination of alcohol and, mm-hmm. and filming, like a lot of times too, if you can't acknowledge that, like you drank too much, like that's one thing that Sonia is really good about being like, yeah, I got way too, too wasted last night. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. If people tell her that she was wrong, she'll go. Okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think on these shows, it doesn't go well for people when somebody says you got really drunk and you did this thing. And they're like, no, I didn't. And then they watch mm-hmm. the tape and they're still like, no, I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very, mm-hmm. so anyways, that's kind of, God, I could go on and on. I'm rambling. I, Sorry. No, you're not rambling. This is so wonderful. And I think, you know, in terms of forgiveness and figuring out a way to move forward, I think felt that in New Jersey, noting that there's still obvious tension. But the fact that, you know, Andy's, you know, Jackie is saying to Teresa, in a in a way that felt very natural and organic, like, I don't think you like me. I don't know where to go from here. And Teresa essentially immediately says, you know what, when Evan was talking about golfing, I was thinking how great would it be if, you know, Louie and Evan could get together for golf. When that happened, I was like, this is... Listen, there are obviously problems here. There's obviously movement and, and abilities for people to grow and learn more about each other and themselves. But that's also something that Teresa would not have done, I would say, two seasons ago. I totally Certainly agree. Certainly season three and four. Like yes. that was, to me, a remarkable step forward. I totally agree. It's a, it's amazing. And the other thing... Um... Like it felt organic, like with Jen, I'm glad to hear your take on Jen because I was like, I love Margaret so much. Mm -hmm. So I was like super grouchy with Jen after the reunion. I was like, oh, and I love Bill. And I also feel like, um, it is a little, it makes me a little like, Hmm, why, why is she drinking tequila like that at these things? You know, Mm -hmm. you're on camera. There's even if you weren't on camera, there's like 60 people at this party. Also, how they do that? There's a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, so Jersey interesting. Like, Jersey has an asterisk next yes. to it that's like, don't worry about it. I know. <laughs> the season. Oh my god. <laughs> right. Um, but I, I, I just was frustrated with the way that she came at Marge because I, I, Margaret, because I just felt like it didn't feel organic. Sometimes it felt like she mm-hmm. planned it. And, she, and I, it's so it's good to hear your take that she, she was like, this is what I'm doing. This is my objective in the scene. You know? Yeah. And I, I disagreed with everything that she, I think essentially everything that she said, but I enjoyed the fact that she was having fun and poor Marge, who I love Margaret. I love Margaret Joseph's, but her, you know, she was genuinely, sincerely, seriously triggered by Jen in some points, but also flustered and frustrated because she's like, shut the fuck up. Like, I know that you know that this is bullshit yes. and I'm pissed about it. And watching those two 
sort of just lose their minds, one of whom doing so based on strategy, the other of whom is genuinely strategically being triggered by this person saying shitty, dumb things that I think both of them know aren't true. Like and dumb. Jen, a- yes. and d- Jen Aiden saying, Margaret, you started the rumor because you have driven through Tenafly once in your life. So you it's so obviously ludicrous, but it was also entertaining. Very funny. It was oh, I know. Very also, entertaining. You know, anytime Marge lives in the world of like, to me, why I also love her, she, she lives in like a Nini, um, Bethany. Mm-hmm. Not, she's not like that, but, but what mm-hmm. she does is when they get cornered, mm-hmm. the way they come back is I am not that great with my words. Like in terms of being like quick witted, nasty back, it's mm-hmm. so entertaining to watch because like, if you wrote that people will be like, that's not real. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Like, but there, I do feel like that, like Marge has that kind of quick witted quib. Like she'll come back and say something really mean. That's really crazy and funny, but really, really smart and quick. You know, the way that Nini would be like chompers, you know, and you'd be like, what? <laughs> And I think a lot of that was a survival instinct was because she was essentially parenting herself. She was in situations where she didn't necessarily feel safe or protected or secure. She needed to figure out what her weapon would be. And she was able to weaponize her mind in a really self-protective way, a positive way in which to survive and defend herself and protect herself. And also, uh, get rewards you know in many ways I think one of the reasons that she's on New Jersey is is specifically because of that Bethany alpha smart witty sharp humor and you think about how the ways the ways in which that humor was formed which we're seeing in in her talking about her book and reflecting on her life and her relationship with her mom and it's been used really well and it's also gotten her into positions where she almost kind of like is flustered, you know, blustered, you know, all of those kind of ideas of uh, her words and her sharpness almost working against her because she's so filled at some point as yes. a reaction with only sharp. Yes. She's like, I don't even know how to express the anger and rage I feel ab- about what Jen is saying and about everything else. And the conflict even in her mind and in her instincts is wildly interesting to me and it's so funny because those three women nini bethany and Mm -hmm. uh, margaret they all had challenging childhoods where where comedy has -hmm. always been a way for them to not only laugh at the situation but Mm -hmm. also um hold the room Mm -hmm. find power defend Mm -hmm. themselves and they're Mm -hmm. so smart all three of them are Mm -hmm. extremely smart women to be funny you have to be smart and to be Mm -hmm. quick-witted you have to be smart and to be sharp with your language you have to be so smart Mm -hmm. and all three of them are um I think lend a like a sort of like a flavor from wherever they originated Mm -hmm. you know and that wherever they came from really comes out in those moments and they're just Mm -hmm. so so funny so that's why it's 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 really fun to watch them spar with people even though it may not be fun for them Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, remember when, like, Nini's, I think, first reunion with Kim. Oh, my God, that, that, like, that flow that she had. You're like, oh, my God, if you, this is, it was like, you couldn't write it. It was so funny. She's so quick, hilarious. 
And Bethany has had a bunch of those too. You know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And Nini is the reasons the reason that Nin that reunions exist in the ways that they do, where it's really a call to reaction and a call to response and reply. And that happened because Nini was really pissed about the episodes and shit that Kim was saying, and she said that she wanted a platform to respond. So that was the very first reunion, uh, to my memory, if my recall is correct from the history and the housewives of it all. That that is how the reunions functioned, and I think it's because Nini knew. I can absolutely not only take you on, but seek and destroy. And if you give me the time and the platform to do it, I will bury you. And it's the close your legs to married men. It's the all of these little gifts that she's given us all came from Nini knowing I am smarter than you. I am funnier than you. You may be funny, but in a different way. The funny that I have requires incredible intelligence and nuance and and instinct and she knew that she could deliver it and she gave us the gift that continues past her time on housewives yeah it's amazing it is amazing i do have to just ask you one quick question about teresa how so you have expressed appreciation for her which i have now developed through the years how did you navigate strippergate seasons 3 and 4 when she was very unaware or well, I mean it, it actually doesn't matter that she was unaware when she was out to ruin Melissa Gorga oh my god yeah. and I also, how did you navigate that that was a dark time I think for Jersey oh super dark time um yeah Teresa had some really dark times with in mm-hmm. during the franchise so I would sort of think of my relationship with the housewives as like old friends yes so like um like I didn't love how Kyle came off last season in Beverly Hills too. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But she's she's like you know when you have really good old friends, and they're going through something, they're going through a phase. Mm-hmm. Kind of sort of the way that I look at it, like oh they're going through a season. Like this is a season mm-hmm. where they're like coming off not so great, but I, but I still like love them and they're my old mm-hmm. friends. Like I still love them because I know where they came from with Teresa. I always loved her even, even before, even when she was in that little era where she was like kind of big for her britches and she was felt mm-hmm. like she was the star of the show and, mm-hmm. and, um, she didn't want the spotlight taken away from her. That's kind of what that era felt like. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, mm-hmm. it's been a while, yeah, but you're completely right. You're and completely then, right. but I always thought her home life was more complicated and more fraught mm-hmm. and she was, mm-hmm. um, unhappy. And, mm-hmm. uh, like my mom kind of always says it the best. She's always like, even when she does dumb things and she's not very nice to people that I love, I just can't help it. I just love Teresa. And now that she's gone through this horrific experience, Mm -hmm. when she came back from jail, I remember I cried, you know, when they have Mm -hmm. that shot of her getting to see the girls and they run to her. Oh my God. With the straight hair. Oh my God. Everything. Everything. Become a yogi. Oh my God. So into it. And I'm so mad. So mad at Joe Judy J. Judice, what are we saying now? I can't remember. I call him Joe uh, Judice, Judice, Judice. Did I say <laughs> yeah. all three? He, yeah, it's, Judice. A three. it's a trio. It's a trio. They change per the season. Like some of us change our hair. He changes the pronunciation of his name. I mean, I, I'm totally happy that he's doing better and he looks better and he looks healthier. And I think that Italy is a better place for him to be in general for him. But mm-hmm. um, we as a family, as a household, we're still really resentful of him doing that to Teresa. 
Like, oh yeah, he's a piece of shit. And I, we love that every time that they say his name, that the editors mm-hmm. cut to do it for him. Come oh, close I to the mic. This is my fucking bitch wife. She said that. <laughs> we got a little impersonation there, which I was. Every time I it happens, Joe too. pauses and goes, oh, I love it. Because we do need to be reminded that, like, <laughs> yeah, Teresa was in a horrific, horrific home life situation. Mm-hmm. And I love that she's so protective of him for the girls. Mm-hmm. Even though she's, I, Wish she could be a little less more protective with, you know, like Joe and Melissa. Sometimes you're like, and I totally get why Gia's like, Joe and Melissa, my uncle Joe and Aunt Melissa should not be talking about my dad. There is something really important about protecting your kids' relationship with your ex when you have a divorce. So I really like, I think that's fantastic. But man, oh man, the stripper gate stuff, you were like, Teresa, stop doing this. Yeah, that's what you you felt like you were like no it was a dark it was a dark time in there it was a dark time in that show's history remember they tried to like completely change it up and it did not go no well. and now we're back on track so fabulous marge was a great I, addition and i love bill i jen is not my favorite though you've you've helped me see some like <laughs> insight into why to, sometimes i'm like girl just chill yeah, but she's like a little bit of a hyper puppy and some you, yeah. know, you know the puppy is gonna, you know, it's it's excited. It's excited to be here and it sometimes it just her stuff with her parents help, help but love it. Totally. Her stuff with her parents I think is an interesting storyline. That's really fascinating. I loved hearing more about that. And it also gave me more empathy for her too. And I mm-hmm. saw her that to me, I like to see Jen in those situations and I love to see her cooking and I love to see her like mm-hmm parenting not just giving them those like or I what we love about reality tv and what works best on housewives is when it's the most organic so that's probably why like we so often see Leah on New York being really organic so that's probably why it felt sort of out of place for her to be reading something off of her phone like reading an article off of her phone that's a great point, too. And I think with Teresa, I mean, it's such a full circle moment where Teresa at one point says, like, you know, don't in this reunion cycle, you know, don't see don't speak out or don't speak badly about the family. There is a pause and attention where Joe Gorga is like, oh, my God, how do I respond to this? What do I do? And then she goes, just kidding. I mean, that never would have happened. Five, six, seven. That ne- that is a huge I don't know that people understand no. what a huge fucking moment that is that even if she probably did feel a certain way about what he said during the reunion the fact that she could even joke about it which is a reference to the fact that she could never let things go yes is unbelievable it that also, is a huge sign of progress it also makes me so excited to get to know Louie and mm-hmm. it also makes me so happy that Joe Gorga is out of the picture I mean Joe Judice is out of the picture Judice. for yes. Joe Gorga, Melissa Gorga, yes. and Teresa. Him yes. being out of their life is so much healthier for their family. And like mm-hmm. when they scream and cry, like he took my, you know, he my took parents. my parents away. Mm-hmm. The trauma that that family experienced because of him mm-hmm. being really selfish, mm-hmm. and him still he t- he does take accountability for it. You know, we see him mm-hmm. like say sorry and stuff, but I still. He's just like, there's an energy about him that just can't, I just am happy he's not in their life. I completely agree. And I think when it comes to organic moments, just transitioning to Beverly Hills, there were so many organic moments on this episode for better or worse. Yes. Kathy Hilton 
the love of my life. New star. The love. New star. Who knew? New star. Who knew? Who, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I kind of knew. I've been asking for Kathy Hilton for. I didn't know she was as kooky as she is, right? but I knew that she would bring a different energy, and she is giving me literally everything that I have ever needed in my entire life. And I'm glad that she is a part of this now because it would have been Judy J levels of darkness had she joined or participated in the show during the Kyle V Kim era, even some of the seasons that followed the fact that she is here with Kyle and not with Kyle and Kim. It's great. Where their dynamic would have been probably a little murky, possibly, is so good and so funny. And it shows Kyle in such a positive way. Yes, I agree. It's so fun. And it it also feels so like fun. it feels really like um there's an air of like pandemic time that's kind of magic mm. about it because it's like Oh, well, she finally said yes. You know what I mean? Like, because yes! she's chilling in the she pandemic and she wanted to she see her born. sister too. You know yes! what I mean? I love it. And I love like, um, I can't wait to see what happens, but I love, I can't wait to see how she handles whoever was, who was saying mean things about Paris. Oh, uh, um, Oh my God. Who was, uh, uh obviously wasn't Kyle. Wasn't Garcelle. Wasn't, it was Garcelle. Oh, it was Garcelle. It was Garcelle. And you can see Kathy like, like, are you really talking shit about my daughter this way? Like, but I love how kooky she is. You never imagine her being mm-hmm. so kooky and she's so not stuffy. And mm-hmm. and I just am really happy to see Kyle, like, just getting to to not be so fraught. And I, because I love, Kyle's like an old friend too. Like last season, it was yes. like, oh man. And also we waited behind Kyle to see Santa when Jack was like three months old. Um, oh my god and she was in front of us in line and she was we didn't say like we love you Kyle or anything like that because <laughs> I get really I don't get starstruck with like my famous fa- favorite famous you know movie stars and stuff I get really mm-hmm. starstruck with uh Bravo Liberties and mm-hmm. like I was really weird to Melissa and Joe on a red carpet of a movie I was in <laughs> they were super freaked out by me but um so we didn't say anything to her but she was such a doll to us and like so sweet about Jack and precious and um Portia was so cute and sweet and oh had a friend so anyways I'll always like take that moment too as like mm-hmm. when you see people in real life and how they behave in real life and to service people in real life she mm-hmm. was so precious to all the people that were working at the Grove and anyways mm-hmm. the point is is I love Kyle so I'm really happy to see her having sort of a warmer she gets to just be like the role that she always was all along, like you guys, like calling people out on stuff and being strong. Mm-hmm. Like remember her that with that first season with um, Camille. Camille, she was like totally flabbergasted and she doesn't take mm-hmm. shit, but she's mm-hmm. also like, doesn't want to be in a fight with people, which I appreciate. And we'll say sorry. I completely agree. I think this season of Beverly Hills is going to be incredible. I was very nervous going in that the Eric of it all would take everything over. Yeah. But it, it, I watched this week's episode and was like, wow, I feel fucking wonderful about yes. the dynamics that we're seeing, the friendships that we're seeing. I mean, Garcelle had her own You're Such a Fucking Liar, Camille, with Rinna, where she was like, just so you're aware, I'm not going to pretend everything's okay. And I also have experienced as a black woman uh um the trauma of ugly stereotypes being foisted upon me 
without my permission that I have had to fight against. And a part of that has been an uncomfortable feeling that people have about black women experiencing and expressing anger. And the fact that she's saying, I'm getting on top of that. I am allowing myself to feel displeasure about you. And I'm allowing myself to communicate that and to continue to hold you accountable. And I'm not going to allow you to just walk away from this and pretend that we've tied it in a bow. Like, Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Holy shit. I never thought that last week's episode would be such a a, a great learning uh, mm-hmm. vehicle about mm-hmm. race, race relations, race mm-hmm. experience um, on Beverly Hills. Not just mm-hmm. through, you know, I knew that Garcelle was going to come and bring some teaching moments this season mm-hmm. because she's so smart and fierce and like you can't have a season after this year and not have teaching moments. Like Mm -hmm. I knew she was going to have to school people about their language. And, Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm blanking on her name, but Crystal, Crystal, when she, that moment where, um, uh, Sutton Sutton goes, uh, no, we're not doing this. And you were like, Oh, okay. I see you Sutton. I thought you were this person, but possibly in your beliefs and thoughts about politics and the world. And, her to me the way that Sutton was so defensive so immediately Mm -hmm. like oh you're in that like you are you are white fragility in a Mm -hmm. nutshell sitting on this counter in that Mm -hmm. response like that response Mm -hmm. was white fragility in my opinion Mm -hmm. completely and also Sutton is like an avowed democrat progressive donor yada yada and so noting that yeah which makes it all honestly all the more fascinating because she does not understand what's going on and she is so immediately defensive and to compare what we won't know of what Crystal was about to express about her own experience tying into what Garcelle was saying. She didn't even finish. She didn't even finish. And the problem for me is, okay, so from now on, we will never know what Crystal was going to say because it's all going to be discussed through the lens of and Sutton interrupted you, you know, like it's never, we're never going to get that pure moment back, which is unfortunate, but what we've seen on social. Yeah. What happened? Did Sutton put out a statement? Sutton put out a statement and Crystal responded to it. And I, it's not in my place to, you know, mazel or forgive Sutton for something that has truly nothing to do with me. It would be irresponsible for me to frame it in that way. I did think it was very um, well written. I'm going to grab it right quick because Sutton and Crystal responded to it shortly thereafter. Sutton said, despite Crystal and my strained relationship at the time, it was disrespectful to interrupt her and not listen to her express her truth. My life is blessed by the diversity of my relationships, and I'm committed to become a better listener to understand the painful realities experienced by people of color. I am sorry. I will do better and be better and and then Crystal, a few hours later, respond within a few hours, responded and said, thank you, Sutton. Your apology means a lot to me, and I'm sure it means a lot to many others with similar lived experiences. Asians Ameri- Asian Americans are often expected not to share their opinions, but despite this stereotype, I believe that everyone deserves to be heard. I consciously rewired myself to be outspoken and share my feelings whenever possible, and I encourage 
encourage my children to do the same. Now that my platform has grown, I feel I have a duty to speak up for others who don't yet feel safe using their own voices, listening to one another and validating our different experiences and perspectives are how we will all grow as individuals and as a society. Thank you for that commitment, Sutton. Okay, that was the how you respond. Amen. So that, like, was, that was that was that will never be better than this. No, it will ne- the, yes, it will never be better. How about to um, saying I have a lot to learn is like all we want to hear as as people who want. So like I always just think like what would I want to say as a parent, and what would I want to say? Mm-hmm. What would I want my kid to say? Or you know, and I just feel like this is a year where we're learning a lot about being humans and about how we weren't so good at being humans before mm-hmm. this happened. Um, mm-hmm. And so this is just like another one of those sort of examples of how when people poo-poo reality television, you're like, actually, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, possibility for people to grow from watching a reality mm-hmm. show. And also, mm-hmm. it's really important for women around the country to seek ourselves insight and to see Crystal's mm-hmm. insight and also see Sutton's yeah. insight and how she can mm-hmm. respond to something and then learn from it. You know, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. So while I just said that was an example of white fragility. Yes, it is, but it, it her response to it is how you learn from that and how you yeah. change that and how you how you get out of that that sort of mm-hmm. box that you've been sitting in. So anyways, that's that's positive. See now when people can have growth on social media, I'm always relieved too because the thing that happened with Tiffany Moon and mm. um Cameron, you're Cam. like yes, such Oh a my mess. god, and why did her husband say that too? That mm-hmm. crazy thing that he said, it was just sort of like, no, you don't keep the fight going. You make up mm-hmm. and you let it go. And then you don't keep it going on social media, y'all. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. I completely agree. And I was so happy to see both of these women use their voices in ways that hopefully inspire all of us to do better and learn more. And listen, it's happening on Beverly Hills and it's happening on Beverly Hills. I'm just like, it made me, you know, the end of the episode, obviously I was like, oh God, this is bad. But um, they were both able, not both able, uh, Crystal is stepping into her power as a real housewife and using her platform to speak about her own experiences and uh, the ways in which she wants to use her voice and Sutton is understanding uh, the complications that can happen when you behave in a manner that is really uh, um, that is really complicated and problematic. And if housewives and this platform and people saying to her, this was not good, enable her to not only become better and force her to possibly listen without immediately being reactive and defensive and also propel forward, you know, an interesting and possibly complicated friendship or relationship. And we're watching it play out. I think this is what we need to see. This is what this is the ways in which this conversation should happen. And it's a reminder of all that went wrong on Dallas, but also all that can go right in BH. And and also what's going to happen with OC? Because that, (laughs) could you imagine this same conversation with people on the OC? No, no, I can't. Oh, because you (laughs) don't watch. 
You don't watch those. I didn't watch the season because it would have been, it would have honestly, I don't participate in any boycott of anything having to do with Bravo. It's just not for me. I think if you in any way feel or experience pleasure or learn something about yourself from watching, you should watch literally whatever you want. There's so much that's been taken away from us that I would never recommend someone uh, holding something back. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't watch it because I can't take Kelly Dodd. And oh my God. I would have been a trigger for me. It would have been a trigger. It would have been a trigger for you too because she was just like out of control she was uh, like I'm it felt like Kelly, Kelly Dodd to me this season was like I'm the star of the show I'm standing in the middle <laughs> she was very extra I'm sure you've heard but also like, uh, no can't, you know so many things but uh I'm afraid Kelly Dodd's gonna come after me now no, she won't. She's too busy, um, unfortunately, drinking some wine with Jackie in the Hamptons, which you guys can watch on social because Jackie posted a delightful photo. Yeah, I posted a photo of it on Instagram and the caption was like, Evan, um, I'm afraid of things that will ruin my reputation. Also, Evan. And then it's just the photo of the four of them on a double date in the Hamptons this week. Um, Annalie Ashford, before we go, you know, I die for you. You know, I'm obsessed with you. You know that you were my college RA and you killed it and you you are amazing. Um, and I've known you for only six or seven years because we're both in our uh, spiritual mid-20s <laughs> class. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what is happening with uh, the illustrious, um, the the man of Hollywood, Ryan Murphy's American Crime Story impeachment? Because I'm dying to know. This is so exciting. You are a Tony winner. You are a movie star. You are a TV dynamo. And uh, every time you are a part of these amazing prestige projects a part of my heart goes bigger and bigger because everyone that knows you knows that you are as close to the perfect person as one could aspire you're so (laughs) talented and so lovely and kind and guys she has been like that since we first met again six years ago if you're doing math when we were uh freshmen and and uh, students in college and I just am so thrilled that you are a part of this and just tell me all that you can you're so sweet I love you um okay so I can't tell you very much because it's Ryan Murphy show so we have to be like so tight-lipped which is also so fabulous but I will say that I have a prosthetic nose and <gasps> I wear four different wigs and I mean, is it three or four? I think maybe the only three, three wigs and, um, Paula Jones all at ha- once. Paul- yeah. All at once. Wig is a hat. And, uh, Paula Jones also had braces at one point. Um, she did. She did during a major part of these sort of like, uh, trial Situation. for her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So um, that's kind of when they were bringing the case to the Supreme Court, she had braces. Um, oh, my God. It's amazing. Her. The, the Republican Party really like quiet Republican donors paid for all of her legal fees and for her mm-hmm. her um, her makeover. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been super fascinating. And I will tell you that Beanie Feldstein, who's playing Monica Lewinsky, looks mm-hmm. incredible. I never get to I never act with anybody. Um, except for Judith Light plays a legal advisor for me. And um, my husband is played by Taryn Killen. He's amazing. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's fantastic. So the three of us are to- sort of doing our own weird little show by ourselves. And we're always like, how's it going with the other part of the show? <laughs> and Sarah Paulson playing is playing Linda Tripp. And she looks unbelievable. 
also. Um, and Clive Owen is playing Bill Clinton and it's crazy how much he looks and sounds like Bill Clinton. And oh. Edie Falco is playing Hillary and she's just the fiercest. I just, all four of them, you know, are the, just unbelievable. And then I get to hang out with Judith and Taryn and we just laugh and I get to watch them, the two of them be geniuses. It's very exciting. So that's what I can tell you. Everybody's really, really good at acting. And it's really, um, I hope, I hope that people enjoy it. And I hope that um, just like the other two seasons of American Crime Story, you know, it's shown such a light on where we are and how far we've not come. So mm -hmm. I think this will be such an interesting sort of um, parallel um, and sort of I always think that his seasons of this show are like an act of social justice in a way or shining light on something we could have done better. I love that. And also Sarah Paulson is such a bravoholic. I know. What do you do if you come with her? Heather, I know we even, we just have Linda Tripp and Paula Jones. Let's like never cross paths. I don't ever cross paths with Monica. The only person I ever cross paths with is um, Bill Clinton for one deposition. So, um, <sighs> I haven't ever, I haven't gotten to sit and talk housewives with her. I need to see that happen. I need to see the two of you on Watch What Happens. Oh, like so shooting the shit. Oh my God. I would die for it. Watch what happens if you're listening. Please make this happen when you guys do press because yeah. it would be unbelievable. Annalie Ashford, you're so incredible. You know I love you. You know I die for you. I am so thrilled that you came on Andy's Girls. Tell the people how they can follow you and support you yes. and um, you, everything. You can follow me on Instagram. My name's just Annalie Ashford. A N N A L E I G H Ashford A S H F O R D. That's the that's the thing that I use the most, and I make weird recipes. And um, I'm a WW ambassador, so I like make yes. make lots of weird food and and try to be body positive and yes. love yourself and meditate and um, I <laughs> post weird things. I love that. And guys, if you haven't listened to Annalise sing or perform and there are videos of her and performances on her Instagram page, run the fuck over there because she is like a quadruple threat and being an avowed Bravoholic and esteemed Bravoholic <laughs> is one of those four. Uh, follow me on Instagram while you're there at Dame Galley. Join the Andy's Girls Patreon, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls, where you get exclusive bonus episodes and enable me to buy more shoes, which is really my goal in life plus rent patreon.com slash andy's girls annalee thank you so much for coming thank oh you for God, having me you. i love you so much i love you so much and i can't wait for you to come back because we need to um do a deep dive on dallas alone my god the stephanie holman i need another masterclass in your thoughts guys hope you are all staying safe staying sane get vaccinated if you can and we will talk to you soon Bye bye Bye.